With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. much for joining us right here at the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here for late night with the lakers fast break we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows and if you can please give us that five star review wherever you get your podcasts plus if you could like share subscribe and subscribe below if you're on youtube so you can get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air or on twitch facebook Go ahead and just make sure you follow us so you can get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break prog- program, such as, of course, Late Night with the Lakers Fast Break, Lakers History 101, Do You Know Your Lakers Trivia, Magic Man of the Morning, NBA Observations, Lakers Snack Pack, and, of course, our world-famous post games. So go ahead and check it out today wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you could like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support our good friends at LakersBall.com, go ahead and check out Ox1947 today as he tells you how it's going with the Lakers and Lakers fans out there at LakersBall.com. Plus, support his great company, Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com if you're in the SoCal area and you need your lawn transformed into something much more beautiful than it is today. Support Joe today at Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com. Our good friend, Stone Hansen. Go ahead and check him out at Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. You know he's got more great NBA Draft Podcasts are on the way for you all, you NBA Draft aficionados and Laker fans on who might be available at number 17 and 47 there for you at the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. You know, Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger, he's at Lakerholics.com. Him and Jamie Sweet, they're always hanging out there right there at Lakerholics.com. Our good friend Sean Grice, the madman from Toronto, I think he's asleep, so we'll go ahead and let him rest peacefully to be ready to rise and shine with Magic Man in the morning, and you can catch his awesome morning show each and every Friday morning right here at the Lakers Fast Break channel. And of course, if you could support all of that, including John McCallion on YouTube, whenever he stops by, go ahead and support his channel and show him some love as well. It is sincerely appreciated. Well, the NBA action for this evening is... About over, there's still one game going on, and we'll go ahead and talk about that game last. But here today to talk about today's games, including some very nasty, violent things that went on today in Brooklyn. And no, we're not talking about the crime in Brooklyn. We're talking about the actual game. Good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at Simblades and LakersBall.com. It is Joe Soro. And Joe, great to have you here, my friend. We'll go a little bit more into depth on the Lakers and what they need to do in game three here in a bit, but talking about today's NBA game, including the first game on the docket for today was a 
barely sneaked out win by the Philadelphia 76ers, Joel Embiid, who earlier in the game kicked Nick Claxton in the groin. Nick Claxton got kicked out for taunting Joel Embiid after another dunk. And on top of all that, at the end, because he was allowed to stay in the game, which I don't think he was, he, I, I think he really should have been kicked out. If you're going to kick out Draymond, you should have kicked out uh, Joel Embiid. He did make the game-saving block to go ahead and secure the victory for the Sixers. Also, a low blow with an elbow from James Harden got him kicked out. Man, it's getting nasty over there in Brooklyn, but Philadelphia has taken a commanding 3 to nothing lead. Well, they're not repeat offenders. That's probably why they're not likely to be suspended. And uh, James you Harden kicked out Embiid though for that. That that was an intentional. Well, he's joy. standing over him. So if you're gonna, it's 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 those. We understand there's a rule, but there's sometimes an exception. And it looks like one of the refs smartened up and let that be the exception. If you're gonna have the the balls oh, to stand over true. somebody. Be prepared to uh, deal with your balls. I hope you're wearing a cup. Is all I say. Uh, and that, that's not a that's not a smart. That's just not a smart. Uh, it's not a smart move. And, and and especially when you have someone that's down there that's what seven feet tall, about three hundred pounds. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're probably wondering if that's true, right? Is Embiid seven that uh, three hundred pounds? Let me tell you something, folks. Ninety-five percent of the people in sports are so off their weight and height, you would laugh. Um, so, yeah, don't stand over a guy that's 7 feet, 300 pounds. That's just not smart, uh, just intelligence-wise. Intelligence wise. But uh, Sixers still came away with the win. Looks like they're going to probably sweep Brooklyn here and uh, go on to the next round. And uh, Laker fans need to be very supportive of the 76ers because – I believe the 76ers might be the only team that could take out the Celtics at the moment. Um, Milwaukee is still somewhat strong, but uh, we're, you know, the last meeting that Milwaukee had against Boston, I know it's a regular season game, wasn't too good. So I'm looking at Joel Embiid and James Harden using that motivation. You know, Joel Embiid's likely going to win MVP. James Harden's trying to get that first title. Uh, you have some good young talent on that team as well as Doc Rivers isn't getting in the way of things. So we need to cheer for Philly to take Boston out in the second round. Otherwise, we're going to be very, very stressed on Boston getting further and further uh, to the finals because I, um, it's looking like the East is winning the title this year, which I haven't said that in years. Even during the Miami... Uh, dominance between 2011 and 2014. I did not really go into those finals, even the Oklahoma City one where they won in five, uh, the San Antonio one where they almost, you know, lost due to uh, uh, with, without with uh, Ray Allen saving uh, the game in game five, or I'm sorry, game six. I mean, come on. It's, uh, this is hilarious. It's like, how long has it been since 1998? Since 1998, since the Bulls won the championship, I have not looked at going into the end of the season going, oh, the, this is going to be the East year. So this is the first time and, and since 1998. And we need Philly to play well and stay healthy and stay available. And you need to take out those uh, green turds in Boston. 
Once again, the score for tonight's game for the Philadelphia 76ers, they sneak out of uh, Brooklyn in game three. Still got one more coming up there in Brooklyn, but you're right. It looks more and more like it's going to be a sweep. This was the game that Brooklyn had to have and unfortunately did get it done. They got a kick on the balls, literally and figuratively, tonight in Brooklyn. One of the other games as well was the Kings and Warriors. And I had said before game three, heading back to Golden State, I even even without even without Draymond Green, I had no doubt that Golden State's gonna take this game. Golden State is gonna take the two games at home because even though in the Western Conference, Sacramento has one of the best records uh, on the road in the Western Conference. The Golden State Warriors are just playing good at home, no matter who they throw out there. And their supporting cast helped Curry. Curry went on his own binge, and you know uh, what he can do as far as himself. But the guys, the supporting characters, the Moody's, the Kamingas, the DiVincenzo's, they showed up at home like they often do and helped propel that team to an easy 114-97 victory. Everybody there in Golden State, in Oakland, in that area at the Chase Center was really happy tonight. I really think that it's going to go back to Sacramento all tied up. The key is, can Golden State, in my opinion, before the end of that series, get one in Sacramento? I think that's the only thing in question right now because I think everybody's going to win at home until you get to Game 7 in Sacramento. My question is, can get can Golden State win on the road? They could. They have championship moxie. I'm sure they can muster up a, a, a good road game to win it. But they, they're looking like they're reeling a little bit every now and then, no matter what. And you can't really do that in the playoffs. Kind of similar to how the Lakers play, where they'll look like gangbusters like they did tonight, and then they'll kind of come back down to earth for the next game. I think Golden State uh, – has a chance to win the series. They can win it, uh, but I don't see them doing much more after that. Well, that's what's imperative to for the Lakers to actually win last night and to get an early lead and to put this series behind them as fast as they as they could. Was because if Golden State and Sacramento beat each other up in seven game series, that would theoretically make it a little bit easier for the Lakers that they met in the second round. Well, the, the Lakers don't have a mental focus that's impenetrable it's very very uh fluid uh and stone hansen had probably one of the best analysis that that you know for the for the year in that we just don't have the right leadership guys we don't we don't have enough i i i'm i've, I've said a few times on here where if, if the coach has to motivate you to be great or to play your game, then you should probably be fired. But the coach's job is still to prepare you and get you in a, in a, in a position to maximize your talent. We don't have that. We don't have leadership that maximizes the talent around them. We have individuals, players that play well, that have their, you know, a game every now and then guys like uh, Austin Reeves and, AD obviously and LeBron, but it's not a co- it's it's a very fragmented uh, team. It's just not this. It feels like it's not. There's no a flow day in and day out, game in and game out. There's no flow. 
Uh, that could be due to the fact that they've only been playing for you know a short amount of time, sure. But we were seeing the evidence of this even before. Uh, I just don't know if we're gonna we're gonna see what we need to see here, and I, I don't think you're gonna see it in Gold State either. There's something broken there as well, and it's been there for a while. And this is what happens with a lot of these quote unquote dynasties. At some point, people get sick and tired of listening to the same story, same message. I mean, I can't I can't blame anyone for getting tired of listening to Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr is probably one of the more irritating player uh, people uh, when it comes to certain dialogue. Uh, so I can kind of get it after a while. If you're listening to it day in and day out, you, it does get tiring. And I'm not just trying to pick on Steve Kerr. He's just one of those guys that I can just tell from afar. Phil Jackson wore out as welcome. Pat Riley wore out as welcome. George Carl wore out as welcome. God knows how many times. The only one that's worn out as welcome probably more than George Carl is Larry Brown. So you have all these great coaches, and you can say they're great. George Carl's a great coach. Larry Brown's a great coach. Phil Jackson, obviously. Pat Riley. Steve Kerr's put his niche in there as well. You know, even those guys, as great as they are, the, the message starts to kind of drown out, and you're tired of hearing them. Um, and then, of course, you have somebody, a, 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 a jackass like Draymond Green, who's always been a jackass, who if anybody needed a, a kick in the nuts tonight from Embiid, it was that guy. Uh, I'm just surprised no one smacked that guy in the face. I mean, like, Odor to, uh, I'm sorry, I forgot his name out of Toronto when, when he punched him in, in the baseball game. Um, anybody who remembers that, put it on the chat. Uh, somebody, you know, some of these guys need to get smacked, and Draymond's one of them. Uh, but with that, uh, you know, Curry's going to do his thing. He was, he played well tonight. Uh, but I don't see those guys making it to the end. Uh, I don't know who's going to make it to the end in the West in general, but, you know, I think we're getting what we've been getting all year with those two teams. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters was the last skywalker i know condolences to me wow man right i i just had talked about that and i completely forgot that i saw that movie yes (laughs) (laughs) that doesn't speak great things about it i suppose that's the pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse catch our shows on worldwide radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts well, when it comes to what we're seeing, though, with the final game tonight on the docket, before we get into more Lakers talk, once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is our observations late night here at the Lakers fast break. I do want to tell you that the last game on the docket was the Suns pulling out a victory on the road at the Clippers. Clippers got, I don't know if they got full warning or if they knew really ahead of time that Kawhi Leonard would be sitting out the game with a knee sprain that he apparently suffered in game two. Your thoughts on this, because remember he has a medical staff of his own that refer, he refers to, and then they consult with the Clippers staff and that's how they usually get their information. So I don't know if it came to a shock to them behind the scenes, but still, I think that right there and then the Phoenix Suns did tonight what the Lakers should have done on Wednesday. Kawhi Leonard was coming off a championship, his second championship 
with his second team. So you can see the logic in mortgaging the future for right now to try and win a championship with Kawhi and whomever he wanted to come with him. However, hindsight, it was a very, very bad deal. Very, very bad deal from an organization that was trying, I'll give them that, but still fails because it's in their DNA. Clippers are a failure in the NBA. They are an unmitigated failure. Even when they're playing well, they're still failures. So I want Laker fans to understand, as well as the Clipper, the, again, the four Clipper fans that are out there, I don't know who they are, but this is the, the result. This is the result of a losing team. And if you ever feel bad being a Laker fan because you're not seeing what you want to see, always remember that it could be worse. You could have been a Clipper fan especially those who are living in LA. The Clippers are the Clippers had this year really to try to figure out a way to get to the finals and this there was no better time than this year because the West is as mediocre as it's ever been. This was your shot and your shot was shot by your main guy missing time at the most crucial time which is game 3. Game 3 and game 5s are some of the more important games. Obviously, game seven is usually the most important, but game three and game fives are the are the games when you win that usually mean that you're probably going to win the series. So not to kick them while they're down, but again, that's what I'm going to do. They would do it to us. Yeah. You can you can enjoy your uh your choke job in 2020 up three one. You can enjoy your Russell Westbrook whatever it is that you did there thinking you were going to win Kawhi Leonard, Paul George era will still probably go forward after this, but you will not smell a championship as long as those guys are on the team. The only way you would is if Kawhi Leonard somehow gets some animantium put in him so that he can heal into a normal basketball player. Otherwise you're toast. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Phoenix get past LA Denver's well, I think get... that pretty much does it. If you're not going to have Kawhi Leonard, you know, and Paul George, yeah, yeah, you're pretty much toast. Yeah, yeah. you're gonna. So you're looking at uh, the the second round that I, I'm I'm gonna pretty much put put it on the table here. Second round is going to be Denver versus Phoenix, and that particular series could go a few different ways. Now, if and I if Murray plays like he did last night. Right. So I'm not, again, I'm, I'm Phoenix still has Chris Paul and they still have Devin, Devin Booker. Devin Booker is a mental midget at the worst times during games. Uh, Chris Paul just does not, just does not do certain things to win series. And he's done it his entire career. So I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, well, we got the, they got Durant and they're going to beat Denver. No, I'm not saying that. I don't know who's going to win that series at this moment, but we'll, we'll know soon enough. And then whatever happens with the Lakers series and the Golden State series, I'm sure the NBA is begging to see Golden State win and the Lakers because I think that's a little bit of a gift for the NBA in the second round if they can. Yeah, make well, the that ratings work. have been really strong so yeah. far in the playoffs, and all the controversy and kicking and stomping have uh, only added to that because that just gets people's interest even higher. Yes, and I, I think the Brooks situation is is, is good for the NBA. Uh, I think the the fact that Embiid didn't get ejected that that that's a good thing. 
I think the I think Adam Silver needs to look at some of the little things there and allow the t- players to be a little bit more emotional, a little bit more physical. I'm not saying let them let them go like they were still kicking people out in the 80s when they were doing throwing haymakers. But if they're doing a little pushing, a little whatever, whatever, just call a double tech and let, let's go. This is playoffs. We enjoy looking at that stuff. We enjoy the dugouts clearing and going to the, you know, both dugouts clearing and going going at it. We like hockey fights. You know, this is it's this is the time to do it. It makes sense here. Uh, but uh, it's it's just such a crapshoot at this point. I don't really know where where things are going to go because one injury can can derail everything, right? Which is yeah. what happened today. What happened today is as soon as I heard the alert that Kawhi is not playing, I'm like, eh, Clippers are done. So we'll see what happens, my friend. But it is two to one in favor of the <sighs> Kevin Durant, Phoenix Suns. Uh, they go ahead and pull ahead away from the Kawhi Leonard and Paul George Les Clippers, 129 to 124. The Warriors really pulled away today. And again, I just don't think that uh, any of the home teams will lose until game seven when it's up in the air. 114-97, the Warriors over the Kings to go to fall back into a two-to-one. They're only down to Sacramento at this point in time. And then the Nets are going to get swept by the Sixers as they lose 102-97. to They're down three to nothing, and that series looks already over after what we saw tonight. But once again, it's late night with the Lakers fast break. We do want to talk about game three on Saturday. It is 7 p.m. on ESPN. So hopefully everybody will join us on playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. And my friend, I know a lot of people in the chat are talking about what ways we can go ahead and uh, try and get the offense because the defense, I don't think is too much of the issue outside of maybe honing in on the shooters, Bain and, and uh, trying to get the shooters really let honed, you know, a little bit better than what we saw uh, yesterday on that. But outside, like I said, one Oh three, if you're, if you're allowing a team to 103 points in the Western conference, that ain't too shabby. It's the offense that was really pathetic. And uh, that's something we need to get in shape. A lot of people are suggesting that we need to see a little bit more of LW4. Uh, You know, the defense has been good enough. Maybe you can get away with it because he might provide the kind of scoring punch that you need. But also the fact that we're going home, these role players should play a little bit better. It's just there was a clinic of one coach completely outcoaching the other guy. It was... It was a pretty bad display of coaching uh, because you weren't using your assets. AD was terrible at the beginning of the game, missed a lot of chippies, but you don't stop going to that guy. You, 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 they were, they, I, I keep having to explain this to people during the during during the during the, the, the today off of off off the show, obviously. When you're getting fronted and you're, you're, you're AD, I remember several times when guys would try to front Shaq so they could drop back and double team quicker. It was the dumbest move you can make because as soon as Shaq got that ball, he was dunking the ball. Now, I'm not expecting AD to dunk the ball uh, like Shaq used to, but AD is so athletic, he can get to the hole and get the ball you know, inside the hole very quickly. This is stuff that you need to... I just I feel so stupid being an armchair quarterback here and, and and saying this seriously is this something that's that hard to figure out 
I mean, I, I know that Memphis was playing good defense. I get that. But if you're watching how the offense was being run, you, you're, you're, it doesn't make any sense why you weren't setting up plays for AD deeper in the post when they're fronting him. And why are they keep doing the dribble, dribble, dribble with LeBron? What what does that accomplish? What are you doing? It, the, again, the the offense was so because uh, there's never been an offense. There's never been an offense. You know, there's never been a system. We've talked about this all year. There's no identity to this team, really. There's never been an identity, and they they don't have they don't have enough gas. They don't have enough of the correct octane being put in them to do what they need to do game in and game out. And I'm just saying they got to man up somebody on Canard, Luke Canard and Desmond Bain, uh, Luke Canard, you know, if Luke Canard wasn't the issue though, Canard, but but they're spot up shooters, man. The the, the Memphis, Memphis was getting layups at will all game long because they were running sets and Every time the guy that would end up getting the layup was a step ahead of everybody. That's coaching, folks. If you go back and look at the film, you can see you, the difference between good coaching and bad coaching is when you have an inferior team in terms of talent being a step ahead of you. That's how you outcoach somebody. There's no reason why the the a non-jaw Morant and a one-legged Triple J should have been able to do that to you. I don't well, care if you're in Memphis. Well, the, the free throws were tied, which again does not favor the Lakers because they're, you know, their style should, you know, all the season long, they should out they were free terrible throw. at the line. They kept missing yeah. one. They're both 16 for 21. So that was a wash there. But again, that's supposed to be the Lakers' advantage. Points in the paint, they were tied at 50. The, th- the real through mark was even though the Memphis Grizzlies only shot 30% from the three point line, and but the Lakers shot worse and made four less three pointers. So that I think was the difference right there in the game. But still, Kennard going three for four from behind the arc. I mean, he is a 50% shooter. No, he was not the huge difference in the game, but those those shots matter, my friend. It it's really not hard to guard Luke Kennard if you just stay out on him and make sure he doesn't put up any threes. It's hard to stay one on one when you have someone getting beat on every, you know, set play. That's that's the issue. The issue is maybe D'Angelo was hovering or shadowing because he was trying to close a lane out. You know, there's a lot of reasons why certain plays develop the way they do. You just, I know, it, it didn't come off to me like D'Angelo was lazy and didn't want to cover it. Kennard. Maybe he just didn't know. He didn't know if there was going to be someone there that's going to just roll right past him because that's what they were doing all game. More than anything is is the mental part of this thing too is is they just could not hone in on mentally. Like, I don't know what the hell Darvin Ham says to these guys, but if I'm coaching, okay, and I know that, one of the most dominant athletes of your sport is not playing in a play in a game this important. How do you not get your people going? How do you not start the game off with guys? If you win this game, you are going up 2-0 on from the being on the road. I go, this is all but done. You're winning this series. You win this game, you win the series. I'm not saying you're going to sweep them. Maybe they steal one in, uh, in L.A., right? But you're definitely going to win one in L.A. So that means you're going to come back to Memphis up 3-1. And 
And I don't believe they're going to lose three in a row. I don't care how good Memphis plays, even with John Moran. You're not losing three in a row. So let's go get this win. They're hobbled. Their second best player got hobbled at the beginning of the game. Why couldn't they mentally focus on that? Why couldn't your coach focus on that? Who knows? It's a bad loss, but make up for it. Make up for it. Make up for it by winning game three and four. You win those two games. No one is talking about game two anymore, no matter how dumb it was. That's the bottom line. But if you lose a game at home against a John Morant debilitation on the hand, which that's not going to go away this whole series, then you're just not going to be good enough. And right now, all the signs point to it's just they're just always a little bit off. Even when they're playing well, they're still always a little bit off. Well, I, I think that, again, if they stretch this out to six and seven, they're going to be regretting so much not giving a better effort on Wednesday if this stretches out to six or seven. That's, well, that's the other part, too, guys. Uh, you know, to, we have to if, if we're going to. I'm sorry, Sch- Schroeder and, and D'Angelo, you, you cannot repeat. If those guys don't score just 10 more points between them, the Lakers win this game. How do you just absolutely tank? How do you tank in this game so bad? Five points between the two point guards? Five? I mean, that's just unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. You cannot do that. And uh, the only benefit that is for the Lakers is that they don't have to pay out those guys as much money at the end of the year. But we're here to win a championship, so we can't really think about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's something, Alice, I think you're you're exactly right, is that when they go back to the crypt, we should see a rise in the play of the role players for the Lakers, and we shouldn't see the Xavier Tillmans of the world repeat those same kind of performances. But then again, they said the same thing about Rui Hashimura, my friend, and look at him. He played so admirably in game two. He was one of the few bright lights that we had all game long. Well, he wasn't. I wasn't expecting him to stink in game two. No, but I was actually. Remember, I said specifically, if we get fifteen to seventeen from him, I'll be ecstatic. And I was ecstatic about his play on Wednesday. Yeah, he the problem the is. Yeah, the problem there is he he did his job. Unfortunately, Schroeder and D'Angelo didn't. Yeah. Uh, AD is going to get most of the heat because he's. Well, he's LeBron taking so many outside shots. Again, he's been falling in love with his three again, and he's been shooting it okay up until this point. But he kept on trying to shoot it and shoot it and shoot it. Yeah, LeBron, and- LeBron, LeBron is uh, Le- LeBron sometimes doesn't play up to his intelligence and in, on the court. Uh, I see more. It's it's a lazy. He's got a lazy uh, gene to him sometimes too, and it, and it resonates to the team. He's a passive-aggressive type, so he's never going to really inspire you to to kind of go to the next level, or, or he's never going to come to you and go, you know what, I'm going to take care of this myself. I think he's only really done that once, and that was against Boston in 2012 uh, in Game 6. That's the only time I saw him turn into an animal. Uh, after that, it's just sheer talent that he's been able to get by with. And um, talent, yes. Uh, health, yes. But the difference between four championships – and seven championships is insatiable appetite to win to the point where you you can control that a little bit more. I can get into the details of that, but I could be here all day. Um, I, I'm not going to – I don't want to stop bringing in old 
players and players I watched at that point, it just becomes that, you know, get off my lawn thing, but we want to stick to the topic here, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what we know who AD is. AD is not going to be demonstrative in the sense that he's going to, you know, turn into Shaq, right? He's, he's still extremely talented. He can, he can drop 40 and 20 on you and block seven shots. Um, and I'm trying not to get on him too much on this game either because the guy was playing defense like a freaking animal. So at least he was doing that. The problem is, again, the lack of offensive creativity, still an issue with out-of-timeout plays. This guy has no idea how to drop a freaking play all year. At what point are you going to know, practice some kind of damn play that works? These are all signs of just bad preparation, bad everything. And hopefully on Saturday we can uh, – figure out what identity we need to have the rest of the way. Last thing I want to go ahead and cover before we head on out again, we talk about who might be viable off the bench that might help the Lakers. Rui has been, again, a great part of what we're doing. Dennis Schroeder, as Sean said, he has two games that are good. One game that's bad and one game that's okay. So, so far in the series, he's taking care of the bad and okay. So hopefully this weekend coming back home, He'll have two good games in games three and four, which leads me to Troy Brown Jr., who a lot of people want sitting down and and have his minutes taken out of the rotation and maybe replaced with Lonnie Walker the fourth. But also another name that has consistently been brought up, not only in the chat here, but I see it all over social media is Mo Bamba. And the thing is, is Mo Bamba athletic enough to stay with any of the Memphis big men do you see that? I'm not sure if he's athletic enough to go ahead and handle the Memphis front court. I just, Mo, I'm not sure. Obama will never see a significant minute in this game unless somebody gets hurt or that's it. There is nothing else. Obama's gone. Obama's not going to have any. He's, he's, uh, he's, uh, Timothy Mozgov in 2016 playoff run where he averaged 1.1.1.2 a rebound through the whole playoff run. And then Mitch and Jim decided to give him a $80 million contract or whatever it was. No, no, he's Mo Bamba's not, sorry, Tom, Mo Bamba's gone. The only benefit in getting Mo Bamba during the trade deadline is you got rid of that rat, uh, Patrick Beverly. But still, the Lakers' problems as far as having a backup five when AVD goes out of the game, that still is a problem that they have not been able to solve. Wenyan Gabriel is not the answer. Neither has been Mo Bamba. Uh, Rui-LeBron hybrid seems to have been the answer so far as far as uh, you know trying to lock down those minutes. They haven't done bad, but they haven't done great. Uh, you know, Their help defense aside, chase down blocks aside, they're still not being able to go ahead and protect the rim enough, I think, to get you on by. Your thoughts on what the Lakers need to do when AD sits down? Because he's got to at least got to at least give him like eight to ten minutes a game as far as the blow. Get a 12, 13-point lead when right before AD sits. That would help. Then at that point, you can weather, weather him being out and then insert him when we're only up seven or eight, and that's fine. There's just not enough depth there, and we're not going to really be able to do anything right now until the offseason for that. But um, there isn't really – this is the rotation. This is what the, the best 
possible setup they can do in terms of talent. And I don't see bringing Lonnie Walker in that's going to change anything. I don't see Mo Bamba or Winnie and Gabriel. You know, the the rotations tighten up, obviously, in the in the playoffs. And right now, I think if there's anything that's, you know, um, I'm 100% with is, is the, the guys that are playing should be playing, and that's it. There is no one else. Uh, it's about desire at this point. I really don't think it's about the talent anymore or rotations. It's about desire. Can you, if 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 Darvin Ham is not going to coach you consistently, game in and game out, with some kind of system or some kind of identity, then it's it, you have to take it upon your yourself as a, as a talented team. And they are talented and they are young. A lot of them, except for LeBron, you need to you need to start growing growing up here and just doing this every game. Otherwise, stop wasting our time and just lose the freaking game, lose the series, so that we can go on with our lives. Because I'm going this Jekyll and Hyde thing is getting really, really tiring. I, I only don't rant or go crazy because it's draining to an audience and it's draining for me in a lot of ways. You can't just keep ranting after a while. Someone who's always yelling is people are going to tune you out. But the reality is this team sucks most of the time. Even when they play well, they suck. So that's it. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. You won't get the rant today from Joe. Sorry to disappoint anybody, but it's great to have him here nonetheless. It is Joe Soro, a.k.a. Ox1947 from LakersBall.com, and of course, everything he does for his own company, Simblades. If you're in the Southern California area, please go ahead and support him today, Simblades, Simblades with a Y, dot com. Alice, PMC, uh, great crowd, Eduardo, Adam, great here, late night. Thank, cannot thank everyone enough for being a part of what we're doing today. Intel Wild, Vern, guys have been, and gals have been great on the chat today. No better Lakers chat that's out there than right the Lakers fast break. And the last thing I want to mention to you, Joe, is something I said to you in our seemingly daily mail chain that we always seem to do on the email. And that is something that was sent to me and Zangerstein and a few other Laker notables that are out there. From Bros Welcome, who I, I know is a viewer and has commented in our chat before, and I thank him for doing so. And the thing that he sent me was a video that I guess he made uh, in regarding some comments that were made by Mike Trudell on the Lakers Film Room podcast, a very popular podcast like ours that covers the Lakers. Not quite as good because those guys are contracted by the Lakers and you really can't say exactly everything you want to say, but still a decent podcast I listen to occasionally nonetheless. But I guess it was said by Mike Trudell, your favorite, that he was saying that something about, I guess the Lakers were not going to have be able to match the same kind of energy in both game one and game two. I mean, you're talking about a young, energetic team pumped up in the playoffs. 
that is a possibility, but still, that doesn't mean why you couldn't get out of the Memphis area after what we experienced with two games uh, in the victory column for the Lakers. So the comment that was made on it and the way it was titled to me as it was sent to me was the words that the Lakers lost on purpose, which had me roaring with laughter this morning that LeBron at almost 39 years old wanted to definitely lose this game. And then I got comments right below mine, which actually was just nothing but LOL SMH right below it, suggesting that that's what he's done over the course of his career in Cleveland. Your thoughts on this, my friend, did the Lakers lose game two on purpose? No, (laughs) (laughs) you, 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 that's like alien talk. Um, I mean, we talk about conspiracy theories, my friend. Provide some evidence if you're so sure. You know, it's different than, let's say, religion. There's a faith thing based on religion. So there's an understanding there when you don't see something, right? Mm -hmm. But when when you're just, when you're talking about aliens and stupid comments like these guys lost this game on purpose or LeBron's been doing this since Cleveland, you're going to need to, provide me some kind of logical evidence on why you would even think that. Mike Trudell, some would call it judging, some would call it, you know. But see, he didn't phrase it like the loss of purpose. No, but I, 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 look, I've been around the block enough to know how the masters operate. The masters have their mouthpieces. And when you don't, Obey the master. This is the kind of stuff you produce. You produce Mike Trudell kissing rear ends of the Lake of the Lakers and making up stuff or, or enabling his, it. I could see his understanding that, you know, it'll be tough to match the energy for games one and two in Memphis at home against a young energetic team in front of their own home crowd. No, no, that's, I'm sorry. No, I don't that's hard no, to do to match you, energy. You did game. not have John Morant in this game. I don't give a crap how big that crowd is. You did not play against John Morant, who was a problem. Okay, you shouldn't he is have a to problem. match energy. You should be able to beat them. You on should talent. have destroyed the Memphis Grizzlies. You should have come out and punched them in the mouth because yes. they were down a huge weapon, and you looked like you looked worse than when he was playing. That's the problem. And did did it's anybody? It's not about magic energy. Well, hold you on. had two days. Two. You had two full freaking days to prepare for this. Yeah. Get your help right. Prepare. You knew. You knew deep down that guy wasn't playing. I knew. I knew he wasn't playing. And even if he had, he wouldn't play with one hand. It's not about matching energy in that game, too. It's about this is the playoffs. This is the playoffs. There is no such thing as. Yeah, there's no such thing as matching energy. This is the freaking playoffs. Every game is energy. Every game matters. Every single game. The Lakers should matters. play with energy, and no matter they how they should energy, have won this game. They didn't they have because more talent they have exactly they, they could. They don't win these games sometimes because they think they're the one seed, playing like the Lakers of 01. That's how they think. That's really ultimately what it is, and you have very bad leadership in, in terms of the coaches. So. Going back to the subject at hand, I'm not a big Trudell fan because he just comes off as someone who's the ass kisser of, 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 of an organization. 
I'm not a big fan of people who do that because a lot of times those guys will mask issues when they matter. I'm not saying Trudell does that. I'm not saying there's anything weird going on in L.A. I'm not saying that. But there have been evidence. There has been evidence of some things that have gone on that have provided people an understanding of who these guys are when it matters. I'm always, I'm always interested in knowing who you really are. The Lakers went in there in game two and had a full squad. Memphis had, were three players short, including their best overall, well, I don't say maybe not best overall player, but their best and most dynamic player in John Morant. Some would say Triple J is their best overall player. And I'll, I'll uh, take that argument on another day. But yes, their best, most dynamic player was out. Their top rebounder and front court player off the bench was out. And then again, their top screener, top offensive rebounder, and one of their top defenders in Steven Adams was out. There's no excuse why the Lakers lost on game two. They just don't have you know, any excuses that they can rely upon for that fact. It was just a simple thing of that we went in there unprepared and we went in there and lost. And just it's, it's that they wanted it more than we did. They played hard. The Lakers didn't match that level of intensity. You're right. But still, there should have been enough talent on the Lakers' side to get that job done. It's like Groundhog's Day. Yeah. Well, let's hope that changes for game three. An energetic crowd can inspire the Lakers to go ahead and win game three. Alice, uh, I can tell you that I'm going to keep an eye on what's going on with the status of John Morant for game three up until game time. So I will actually post constant updates as reported on by the Lakers reporters and also ESPN reporters leading up to the game Saturday night on Jaws status. So go ahead and follow me at Lakers fast break on Twitter. We'll try to provide you updates here as well. Magic man, the morning we will obviously be here tomorrow morning, letting you know what's going on. Then Saturday, who knows? We might even do a snack pack on then we'll see, but it all depends on time. But Joe, great to have you here as always providing awesome insight. Again, Magic Man is probably dreaming some Magic Man dreams right now, waiting to go ahead and prepare for Magic Man in the morning. Any last thoughts before we head on out? I'm done thinking about it. <laughs> okay. Adam's another, Adam, Laker, Tom, they're on the same wavelength with Mo Bamba. I just, I just can't say. All right. All right. Now. I have one more thing to say. I, I mean. Guys, I, Stop. The theory stop. of Obama is better enough, than the Obama. Enough of uh, enough of the Obama thing. Go talk to Orlando Magic fans. Go to their forums. Yes. Go to their forums. Don't listen to me then. Don't just stop. Stop ask with this why, Obama because, stuff. Yeah. Ask it's, them why that Obama is no longer on their. The team. only excitement I had when Obama got traded here was the fact that they they had a big body that they could play as a backup center, which is fine, but he. he you got rid of Patrick Beverly. That's all I cared about in that trade. I don't want. I don't want to talk about this. This is irrelevant. It's it's wishful thinking. You know, talking about oh, if we had put Lonnie Walker in because he can score, uh, maybe things would have changed. Okay, well, what about the defense? The defense was the issue, really. We couldn't stop a nosebleed in game two either. That was really the main problem. They could not stop a inferior team from running circles around them and getting wide open layups all game. What's Lonnie Walker going to do then? No, this, this team is consistently mentally fragile. They get strong. They get weak. They're in the middle. They're weak. They're back to strong again. They are a, just a 
just a mess, a mess of a team with a lot of talent. Uh, and I say a lot of talent because they do have a lot of talent. They have a lot of skilled players, but they just can't put together a, I don't know, a intelligent rhythm in any way, game in and game out. Plus, Adam, I will say with Mo Bamba, and this was the Laker Tom as well, you know, if they put Mo Bamba in the game, all they have to do is go five out and they could just play him off the floor. It's just that simple. We saw it with Gobert in the playoffs. They would do that exact same thing to Mo Bamba. They would just run right around him because they put him out on the, he'd have to guard out on the perimeter. Triple J can go out to the perimeter. Yeah, I don't, I, it, the, the NBA is so drastically different than what it used to be. The Rudy Gobert is a three-time defensive player of the year uh, winner and looked like he had never played defense in the playoffs most of the time because you're just not you're not equipped to adapt to what really really works when it matters you know out to dry i should say well you know and and here's another little reality bug for you again i'm not comparing rudy gobert to shaquille o'neal but if you guys watch the 2002 series against sacramento that particular sacramento team was very similar to what this era's basketball play is and look how hard it was to beat them. You know, so even someone like Shaquille O'Neal would struggle in the playoffs. And he did a few times when he was playing against like the Portlands, especially on the road. Shaq had a very bad habit of getting into foul trouble on the road because the refs were jackasses and they, they were influenced by the crowd. So any rough play by Shaq on the road always seemed to be two fouls within the first five to six minutes. So if you look at the statistics during that era, for the Schlepprocks who said that Shaq carried Kobe in those years, look at the road uh, stats versus the, the the home stats between the two. Basically, they marry each other. It's just that Kobe took over on the road, and um, Shaq obviously owned it at home. And I want you also to factor in the, that when Shaq did file out, who saved the day? Uh, I'm kind of I'm digressing here, but the point is, big men that are valuable at the rim in today's NBA in the playoffs are useless. They have to be able to guard the perimeter and guard the basket. And Shaq used to always struggle, even in his prime, in a pick and roll. If you don't believe me, watch the 1997 and 1998 series against the Utah Jazz. Yes, folks, for those of you who are commenting on all our videos who think we don't know what we're talking about, get a clue we know exactly what we talk about and we have good memories you know why because i watched all that crap over and over again and it's stuck in that head yes it doesn't go away losing does not go away i hate losing more than i love winning hate it losing is for losers and when you play like a loser and you lose it's even worse so that's my end that's my mini rant for the night to end the show Fair enough, but you didn't put your full, you know, je ne sais quoi behind it. No, it's eleven o'clock at night. I, 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 I'll repeat this as much as I can. You have no idea. As good as my life looks on TV here, it's actually better. So I don't want to be angry. I don't. I'm not. I, I don't stress in my life. I don't have stress. Like 
It's like David Banner. That's it. I, I live a very good life. <laughs> and when I rant, yes, when I rant, it's you like don't a firecracker. See me angry. No, it's a firecracker. And and the anger is is it, it could be constituted as anger. I don't really feel like it's anger. Anger, uh, loudness and rants is not anger to me. It's just basically the volume goes up just because that's kind of what's going on. You know, you're you get excited and that's it. That's that's all it is. I'm I don't I don't get off the air and 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 go sulk in my couch. I get off the air, go watch a movie, and, and pass out like I do every night. <laughs> Alice says she couldn't sleep during the play- playoffs. I will say you right now, Alice. I was so nervous on Game Two, and leading up to Game One, uh, I had to just cook. I just was cooking, cooking, cooking. Half half time because I was so mad at the Lakers. I was just you know I've got to get out. I got to go ahead. <laughs> You know, take a walk, cook some food for the kids. There you go. Yeah, because I just was it was just nerve rattling for me as well. So I will say, though, that the nerve rattling continues into game three. I think the Lakers will do better uh, coming home to the crypt. I think you'll see a much more spirited team on both sides of the ball. Hopefully, Darvin Ham will have corrected and made some things a little bit better. We'll see what job Moran's status is going forward. I think that, uh, again, he I'm under the assumption every game that he's going to play regardless, but I will give updates on Lakers fast break on Twitter just to let you know, but don't forget magic man in the morning, tomorrow morning, looking forward to hearing what he has to say. Then of course our playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. Definitely on Saturday night, we might do something on Saturday beforehand. We'll see, but definitely going to be here for playback.tv slash Lakers fast break on Sunday night, 7 PM Pacific. And then after that, the best Lakers, post game and also as well the best lakers chat room that's out there can be found here at the lakers fast break and we truly cannot thank you enough for your support any last thoughts my friend late night before we head on out no all right well for joe sorrow aka ox1947 it's gerald glassford he says peace out i say peace out as well wishing everyone all the best a good evening late night right here at the lakers